I do the cocktail service or the um, uh, ticket, you know, the wristbands, checking people in and stuff. Oh, it nice. just depends on whatever they need me for because sometimes they need somebody who knows what they're doing at the door and sometimes I get to like kick back and have fun and you know make some extra tips or something <laughs> that's cool awesome I just that's, dance. Really, that's really that's a really good like side job to have or a side hustle yes uh I was fortunate to get into that I met a girl through uh one of my you know doing comedy she was at one of the comedy shows and just fell in love with me and we've been friends ever since so when she was like oh i need to hire somebody for these i was like i'm down oh, and so i've been uh it'll be two years soon yeah wow two years that's amazing do you uh, uh you get a time to like sit down and watch the fights at all too oh yeah like once the only time it's really it, it's really busy when i do the, the door sales because it's like Sometimes they uh, sell out. So it's like hundreds of people within a couple hours. So you're like literally herding in cows. It's just, it's very fast. <laughs> Sounds like high the energy, comedy club. High energy job. I think it's worse. Yeah, because probably. Everybody is not, not, everybody's in the mood to watch somebody fight and got that, 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 uh, toxic masculine energy oh yeah you're right the testosterone levels are probably instead of yeah instead of like being at a comedy show where they're ready to laugh yeah completely different energy so i feel like it's a little bit it's it's a lot to get used to but um but yeah when they when we get to check everybody in and everything then we can like go in there and watch some of the fights and stuff so that's why i said i get a free show out of it but sometimes i'm so busy that i don't get to watch like you know the main event or something like that and that's fine yeah yeah that's cool welcome to the hypothetical comedy podcast i am funky yeah. sam medina and i am athena rodriguez and we're here with comedian the spicy latina serena gamboa hey, hey. how you doing i'm good how are you i'm good it's good to talk to you it's been a little while mm-hmm. <laughs> i know i haven't seen you well it's been a few months huh <laughs> yeah i think so i think so what have you been up to uh, this year I became a certified Reiki practitioner. So when I'm not doing my comedy, I am, uh, doing my healing work. So just trying to, um, I guess this year, uh, try to focus on myself more than, than grinding and the hustle and beating myself to death. You know, I, yeah. I, I'm honoring my, myself and my time and in my rest so <laughs> this year has been a little bit different for me well congratulations because <laughs> you definitely deserve to put you first yes and Thank then you. we all kind of get caught up and lost in the, in the grind uh, hustle culture 100 percent. and i think that when you take that time to rest for yourself you're able to do the bigger things you know you're ready for it <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah because when you're like grinding and you have your nose down to the steel or whatever yeah other opportunities can kind of pass by you and you may not even notice them so let's talk about your uh your healing stuff how long have you been uh, into the spirituality um i would say since i was a kid i've always been in a rock you know and and things <laughs> that made me feel different or made me you know um apart from the crowd i was always um more sensitive person so i feel like i've always had 
some innate abilities that um, you're just not sure of, or you're not aware of yet as a child, you know, nobody teaches you those things. And especially in our, um, if you're Hispanic or in our generation, sometimes those things are a bit lost. So I feel yeah. like um, here in my older years, I've been getting into it more because it is, you see more, it's more prevalent, you know, crystals and healing and tarot cards and that kind of thing. So it's really nice to see that kind of community being more welcomed and more highlighted. Absolutely. Yeah. It is really good to see it more um, just mainstream welcome, like you said. Um, But you're right though. The Latino culture kind of sometimes can stifle that. I remember, you know, like Athena, um, you know, her family's like, don't do that stuff and whatever. And so I'm sure you got a little bit of that too. At what point did you realize that you were kind of, that you kind of knew what it was a little bit? When I was a teenager, one of my very first like you know real relationships he introduced me to or not introduced me but he made me uh, aware and confirmed that what I was doing on him at the time was Reiki so I was doing energy healing at the age of 18 when he would ever he would get into his skateboarding accidents he would always (laughs) break bones and do stupid shit so I would be sitting there and, and, and with my mind, I would really like try to, I would say heal him, you know, my kisses, but I would, I was actually doing energy work through my hands. So, uh, he confirmed it for me that, uh, you know, he did feel better. And I seen like his, uh, his wounds would go like halfway down. So it was really cool to see like the inflammation, like visually, like see the healing happen. And I'm like, I did that. And he's like, yeah, you did. And I'm like, no way. But now I realize, yeah, I really was. So I say God bless his soul because he was really, uh, really grateful for that. Um, him telling me, yeah, you, you know, you did heal me. So yeah, I've been doing it since I was since I was young. And then uh, before I started comedy, I was doing massage. I was doing acupuncture, studying acupuncture and doing massage therapy. So I was healing people through my hands that way as well but it wasn't really I didn't know that that's what was happening but whenever people would request me for a massage and stuff they were actually requesting I think my healing energy <laughs> wow that's incredible that you were doing the uh, the healing energy you had no idea uh I, my intentions were were there but yeah. I didn't know that I guess um you can be born with the attunement and, and didn't so know the forth. power maybe that you had exactly so thank you for that. Yeah, I um I'm now certified so I can show people a piece of paper that says no, I actually am attuned whether, you know, they believe I was born with it or not. <laughs> I can show them. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Does the did the massage therapy ever get like weird? Um not like sexual but like um Yeah. Because <laughs> Since you're, uh, well, of course, I'm sure. But like, since you're sensitive, would you like absorb people's energy and feel like weird or angry or something like that? Uh, it's hard to say because um, that was uh, ten over ten years ago, so yeah. it's hard to to say back then. I think I was I was not in my um, a good headspace myself to to understand if I was I was probably absorbing a lot more. Um, then I realized that I was also in a dark place myself. So with, you know, in my depression. So I think that um, 
the energy could have just been around me and I was already there. I'm not sure, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. I, yeah, no, I, I, I was very selective with my customers because it did get weird even with the ones I knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then um, I'm sure like when you're, when you're kind of depressed, you're in a bad place, your head's a little bit more cloudy. And so that stuff's not as easy to detect. And especially because you were younger and you didn't really know it that well yet. Right. So, right yeah. yeah i had a lot of depression issues back then so i i'm really grateful that um i could um you know pull myself out of that to be where i am today because uh yeah absolutely because yeah the serena that we've always known you know you're so like bright and just full of life and just like all this positive energy so i'm really glad oh, that you're able to pull yourself out you. of it too thank you I, comedy really is i say was a lifesaver for me when I started, it gave me a reason to live and, and, and stuff. It really um, helped shine a, a good light for me and help anchor me to be the person I am today. So I am very grateful for, for it because um, it was nice to, to know that I could make other people feel the antithesis of what I felt. So yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's super rad. When did you, uh, when did you discover and fall in love with stand up comedy? I was always raised with it my dad would introduce me to stand-up comedy uh hbo specials and um i remember in fact one of them was jeff dunham and this black guy cannot remember his name but it's still one of my favorites to this day i need to ask him i'm so bad about that but um it was like he he didn't have i don't think any other specials after that i think it might have been a one and done but um yeah it was very uh that was one of the first ones that I seen and I was like, that's cool. And, um, you know, like I said, my was raised with it. My family's got a good sense of humor, um, on my dad's side. So it was just something that was a natural for us. But then when I got older, we were talking and I've always been good with public speaking. So my dad and I were, you know, just smoking a joint and we're talking to each other. And he said, you should try stand up comedy. And, um, you know, you're funny. You got jokes. And people would always say that growing up. You got jokes, huh? You know. <laughs> and what a good endorsement because nobody really knows you as good as your dad at that point. Yeah. So when he said that, it was legit like a couple days later. Jimmy Manise reached out to me, a messenger, and asked me, are we related? And I was like, God, no. What? Like, what? <laughs> whoa i wasn't expecting that one (laughs) something something down the line my the last name gamboa is with somewhere in his dad's side of the family and so he was oh he has a gamboa in his side of the on his family i don't know it's a long (laughs) story but um but yeah uh so he (laughs) um i forgot why there's a gamboa in there i don't know if his dad was adopted or what but anyways when he said that to me he was like, but I'm a stand-up comedian. And I was like, no way. And he was like, I'm going to be doing an open mic. Would you like to join me? And he wanted me to come see his comedy. But I was like, wait, hold on. You know a place to go? <laughs> wow. So I, was, I was like, let me go with you. I didn't want, I didn't care to watch his comedy. I just cared to see what it was all about. To get into so, that world a little bit. Yeah. So I, I was really... I went with him and just just sat there and watched and observed. And then um, 
oh, I don't know, maybe a few months down the road, he booked me for a competition and it was uh, like 22 comics, over 200 people, sold out venue. <laughs> and it was my first time performing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Not even open mic or anything? No. Wow. <laughs> How did that go? Yeah. Oh, I I had the worst set I've still seen to this day. That was the worst set I've <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I I bombed so hard. I mean, that's and not your it fault. Was, <laughs> it, it it was worse that when when it happened, uh, I came on stage and, and and Jimmy's like, "Dang, you just bombed your dick off!" You <laughs> know. <laughs> I'm sitting there petrified with tears in my face. Going, oh, oh. I was like speechless. And um, yeah. And I think at that point, I probably would have quit. But <laughs> but what? Um, still the worst that I've seen to this day. Still horrible. Um, he, uh, uh, but all the other comics that were there told me, don't quit. You got a couple of zingers, you know, it's, it's cool. You got some laughs and stuff. So I was like, nice, you know. So I was really grateful for them. Like I did. <laughs> and, and well, they said I got a couple of laughs. I remember it was on a, I think it was on a SpongeBob or a Dora joke or something. I don't know. I was talking shit about cartoons, but that, <laughs> and then I said, then I said something about California and um, how people move, like they dream of like coming to our state and then uh, they move here to Modesto and then their dream just fucking died. <laughs> <laughs> I got a mixed reviews on that one. I got a lot of laughs, but I also got people really pissed off because of how true it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what so I they, did. Were, they were trying. Yeah, exactly. They were trying to cancel that joke from the beginning. But <laughs> I love, I, still- <laughs> I love that. Uh, you know, your dad put the idea of stand-up comedy in your head, and then a couple of days later, like Jimmy reached out to you, like out of nowhere. Like that's yeah. the universe going. You do this, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. They're like, this is where you need to be talking to people. And it, like I said, it really helped get me out of where I was at, too. So it gave me a, a reason to live. And I met so many great people. I know you, you know, said you bombed it. your dick off, but uh, did you feel great <laughs> afterwards? Like after you got off stage? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I thought I was going to go in there and just like, oh, I got a couple of like my premises were there, but I didn't know exactly how it was going to come out. I think we're still like that. You know, you don't know exactly how it's going to come out verbatim. You just yeah, kind of you say it. Yeah. So like uh, I got I got these jokes, but I need to say them at open mic to know how they're going to go. So this is what, it's still one of the greatest stories. When I went up there, I had my ideas and I had a little piece of paper. I drank a half a beer, smoked a little bit. And I thought, oh, you know, comics do, they loosen up. Because I would watch them. I would watch them kind of like, oh, take a shot first. So I was like, maybe I need to do that, loosen up a little bit. But that was not good for me. I should not. (laughs) So, but anyways, so I had this little piece of paper and I asked Leon Gibson. I go, I go, "Um, I don't want anybody to know that I'm new. So I don't want to read this paper. Like, Adam, I don't want them to see me read the paper out of my hands. So what do you think I should do? And he said, in theory, good idea. But now as a, like a regular veteran comic, terrible idea. He told me to put <laughs> the piece of paper <clears throat> against my hand 
And then every time I go to take a drink out of my mug, I would see my punchline. And I was like, huh, you would have to like, you would have to have really good eyes to see through that thick, frosty beer mug. One, (laughs) 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 if your paper doesn't disintegrate by then. Two, I wasn't experienced enough. I've never seen anybody do that. I'm not even experienced enough to, I don't even know if I could pull that off now. (laughs) Right? I I don't think I could either. (laughs) I say that's the cup that never got a a drink out of and it never made a punchline because I just stared endlessly into this cup at my paper, which (laughs) I should have (laughs) just... I should have just let, I should have just not even picked up the cup. I should have just let the paper be in my hand. And if people see, it was my first time, you know, and they knew that it was okay. I should have just went with the paper. But yeah. um, I stood up there and I, I had the mic so far away from my mouth that um, everybody started doing this motion to me, starting <laughs> with my ex-boyfriend and then a line of male comics. So I thought, in my head, when they're doing this, they thought they were telling me that I was, you know, eating a dick so bad up there that, you know, they were. <laughs> <laughs> I was mortified that they were telling me, you're sucking a dick, you know? So I, Felicia said it looked like I was going to cry, puke, and pass out all at the same time. Wow. Said, <laughs> what a nice experience. I love that. I, I said, yeah, so, yeah. So, um, so then, uh, yeah, I got off and, um, and they told me that it was because I just didn't have the mic to my mouth. That they couldn't hear me. And I go, Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of a lot of new people do that. I did that too in the beginning. And then this veteran comic told me, he's all once you do it a few times, you're gonna know uh, how to gauge the mic just by talking into it a little bit, you're gonna know where you need it once you do it for a while. I didn't like my voice. Yeah. So I'm all now I know that where to gauge the sound with, but I yeah, didn't like my exactly. voice <laughs> hearing it. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's what it sounds like. Oh. <laughs> I discovered that when I was a kid because I used to like record like myself on cassette tapes and stuff and play them back. I don't remember <laughs> why, but I'm like, oh man, my voice is terrible. <laughs> Even as a child. <laughs> I think yeah, we all feel like that about our voices though. Right. Yeah. So given that experience, how was your second time? <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely put the mic to my mouth a little bit better. <laughs> I actually had a better a better time. I think I I was able to walk away feeling good about myself and uh and I was thinking, you know what? I like this. And so I ended up, you know, it I didn't get on that much in the beginning, but I I didn't um didn't not didn't quit doing it you know what i mean yeah the the want was still there i just didn't have um medically that's when i found out i had epilepsy and my transportation was limited so i feel like with uh you know at the time it was good that i wasn't out there you know under the spotlight stuff going through that so you know yeah (laughs) Are you not able to drive because of epilepsy? Yeah. Okay, okay. Same. I mean, not because of that, but because of my eyes. So I oh. did all the struggles. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why everywhere you see me, you see Athena too, because I can't get there without her. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Well, 
how do you get the Tommy T's? Uh, well, I, I don't work there anymore, but I used to work in Pleasanton. And so she would take oh. me to Pleasanton in the morning and then drop me off. And then I would just get a lift or whatever, walk over there. Oh, okay. After my, after yeah, because I saw you by yourself. I didn't see Athena. Yeah, I was like, no, wait, you're right hold about on. that. <laughs> time where um, I was booked at your show, Serena, and Sam was booked at a different show. I think it was. I, I forgot where it was. Oh, it was um, uh, Neck of the Woods, San Francisco. Oh, yeah. And she was booked at Art Music Place. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was, I think Our it was your all ladies show. It was. And he was able <laughs> to kind of like, because it was, you know, SF, so he was able to use public transportation to get where he needed to go. And then like, after our shows ended, we met up with each other. And it was like so weird to us because it was the first time <laughs> we were at two separate <laughs> venues. Yeah, she dropped me off at Bart and then picked me up again at the end of the night. I remember that. Yeah. She's like, I gotta go get Sam. And you had flowers. <laughs> times. You had flowers waiting for her. Oh, I did. I yeah, I bought them at the, uh, one of the Bart stations. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, like a, cool. I think that it was in San Francisco. Out. I think I had held them all the way. It was like a big, dude, this dude had all these like flower arrangements and stuff. But yeah, it was good. It was fun. That's cool. It was a good show for us too. Hell yeah, that was, that was a fun venue. <laughs> yeah, that was. I, I I liked that venue a lot. The stage was big. The place yeah. was pretty big. Even people in the back at the bar were able to like um, hear you and like laugh and yell stuff out if they wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> it got better at the end, you know, with the crowds that I that I was able to build and stuff. They really treated and the bartender we had really made a difference. Mm-hmm. He he made sure to help it become more of a, that comedy show vibe, you know. So yeah. you did such it, a good uh, job producing that, and I think you're you. a really like dedicated producer. Thank you, I appreciate that because um, my friend was just telling me, you know, why don't I get on the horn about stuff? I go, it's a lot to take into consideration. It's not just one one thing. It's so many to produce what what I envision or to produce something good and not, you know, just a little uh, run of the mill bar show. Like I think um, it, it takes a lot, it takes a lot of work and you got to be on board with the right people. So it's definitely not just one thing. <laughs> it's multiple things. to yeah. do. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned uh, seeing me at Tommy T's a couple times, and uh, I remember I saw you maybe a handful of times, maybe like three or five times, uh, and your dad was there with you. <laughs> and he's the one that you just said, that said, maybe you should try doing stand-up comedy. Uh, how did he right. feel about you getting into comedy? Oh, he likes it. I mean, he's one of my biggest fans, I think. He's been very proud of me and how far I've come because um, he knows that... Uh, that's the yeah, one thing. You went from that... bombing your dick off to being a, a big <laughs> star in the area, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's made me. It's you've uh, seen my growth and my, um, you know, my mental health, you know, increase from it. So between that and you know places I've gotten to go and people I've gotten to meet, you know, that's brought me a lot of happiness. And at the same time, it's something that um, I've delved myself in because I never really knew what I wanted to do in life I just knew I wanted to be artistic I knew I wanted to help people and so when I did the acupuncture I was like I I'm helping people but I'm not 
I didn't want to be a doctor. I didn't want to go to med school and just and live my life in the in medical field like that. So I think that once I found the, the comedy, it really gave me that outlet to help people and still be artistic with myself. So it was the one thing that I like put my full self into in life, you know. And so I found I, I waited <laughs> and found the thing and I just I just went head over heels with it. So Yeah, same I think for me. He, he oh, sorry, sees that, you know. Yeah, I was say same for me. Um I really never knew what I wanted to do in life either. And then in my early twenties I decided I wanted to do stand up comedy, but then it's like how do you go from being on your couch to being on TV, you know? And I had no <laughs> idea that open mics existed or anything like that for a few more years. Until I met this one, until she came back into my life. Oh. She just just like Jimmy, she invited me out to an open mic. <laughs> I did. That's yeah. cool. Which I one was to get it? Involved in that world too. So I was like, I'll be there. And I went to a few mics for a month for months actually, mm-hmm. uh, before I started performing myself. Which was the mic you went that you invited him to? Britannia Arms downtown. Atu Walker was booking it. Oh. He was the host. Yeah, downtown San Jose. Yeah. Our old stomping grounds. Is that where you guys used to live? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh we like I was born and raised in downtown San Jose. And uh we went to middle school together okay. actually. So we're kind mm-hmm. of from the same general area. And then we went to different high schools and then we kind of separated and then the days of social media, um, you know, you meet you find people that you used to know, you know, back in the day, whatever. <laughs> and uh I had hit her up and I was like, Hey, how's things going? Whatever and she's like, <laughs> Oh, this, this, this. I do stand up comedy now. And I was like, What? And here we are. When was that? 2010. Oh, wow. It was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. So she started doing it in 09, and then I started doing it in, in 10. Oh, wow. You guys have been doing it a little bit longer than I have. A little bit. Yeah. We, we, we did stop for a few years. I remember. I remember. Uh, so we stopped in like 16, and we started again in 2019, um, just before the pandemic, a few months before the pandemic. Uh, we had gotten married, and we we're like, we always talked about comedy and we always wanted to get back into it. And we were like, you know what? Let's just do it. Like if we wait for the perfect time, we'll never do it. Let's just do it. And then, um, <laughs> and then I remember you, you were kind of a, a, a big name in the area too. And oh. we went to one of your shows, uh, our music place to go meet you just to kind of get on your radar too on that. And that situation. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's nice to be, it's funny because people still register me as a Bay Area comic. And I'm like, I never lived in the Bay, but I'll take it because that's an upgrade <laughs> from Modesto. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like, I feel like, you know, comics from other areas do so many shows in the Bay that you kind of like confuse them for Bay comics. Mm-hmm. Like, like I just found out that uh, we interviewed Drew Schaefer and I thought he was in the Bay Area, but he's in Sacramento. Sac. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one I used to get confused with was um, his name is Alan Bukanovich. Oh, I don't know that person. And he lives in Manteca or or Stockton or something. (laughs) Oh man, he's a lot of people don't remember. A lot of people don't remember that he's a two like he lives in the two hundred nine because he's always in the Bay. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So we live in Tracy. Um, which is yep. not in the Bay Area, kind of on the outskirts of the Bay Area. But I still, to the day I die, will claim to be a San Jose comedian. 
Um, and then <laughs> when I feel like I reach out to people or, you know, I try to like sound, sound cool. I always say that I'm a Bay Area comedian. That <laughs> worked. It's my roots. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't claim Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> the human traffic of capital. Yeah, I hear that. That's crazy. I've heard that. Jacob, I, did show, though, I did a show in, uh, in Stockton and um, it was for the city of Stockton recently. And they announced oh, nice. that I was coming from Tracy and the whole place cheered. Oh. And I was like, oh man, these people have low standards. <laughs> so I did by Tracy. Well, they're jokes. not. Tracy's better than Stockton, so can you blame him? <laughs> <laughs> this fancy guy. This guy yeah. away from Tracy. What a celebrity. He might have seen MC Hammer at the grocery store. <laughs> I should put that as a credit, huh? Oh, like one time I saw you? MC Hammer at the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> and I've also been at Cobbs. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah. Someone hey, so- just asked me to autograph their chits yesterday at lunch. I just oh, got nice. lost. Wait, yeah. Did you, what just- did you just say? Autograph <laughs> what? Their tits as I was walking to oh, the bathroom. Tits. Nice. Yeah. Um, I got lost and I was in a restaurant and just happened to run into some people that I knew and I was like, yeah, I could do that. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I thought I was cool because somebody took a picture with me the other day. Oh, <laughs> but no tits. <laughs> yeah, they it's were pretty- they were man boobs, but I'll take it. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's pretty tricky with autographing. Uh, titties because they could be sweaty and you're like trying to get the marker oh. to write on there she's done it a couple of times i like it <laughs> i remember two. i remember two. the first time you oh, did I it get you one remember too. you're all proud of yourself yeah you're like yeah new uh <laughs> new life goal accomplished yeah <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's how you know you made it when you signed tits yeah <laughs> so how, did you, uh, how did you go from from you know being not very good to like just being a great. <laughs> oh, I was terrible. Let's not sugarcoat it. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be nice here, Serena. No, no, um, eating dicks. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> a whole bag of them. Um, I, uh, what was the question again? No. How, did, how did you like just your rise? How did you get become a great comedian? Oh, I don't. I don't know how to answer that one because I, <laughs> I still struggle to see myself as that. But I think, um, honestly, being, see, I've always said I'm not a comics comic. I'm a people's comic. I'm not trying to shoot myself on the foot with that one, but I've always been a person that's able to just, you know, talk to people and make friends and stuff. So I feel like being out there in the, in the world and just, getting to meet different walks of life traveling going to different venues and and different crowds just kind of helps you to be a stronger comic because you're you're finding what works with everybody you know what resonates with everybody and at the end of the day it's just who we are as a person and our energy that they appreciate you know they're people are so easy to make laugh when they're going to a comedy show that's what they're there for so People are, what do you say, forgiving. Like, they'll laugh at bad comedy. I've seen it. You know, they'll laugh at, they'll laugh at my bad joke. <laughs> Self-awareness, honestly. Then they, there's a lot yeah. of comics, like I said, they don't have that. They don't understand the difference between belly laughs and nervous laughs. 
And um, I think in the beginning, we all get the nervous laugh. But when you really realize what works for you, who you are as a person, what kind of energy you want to give off or what you want to sell to your audience and how you want them to perceive you. I feel like once you're comfortable in your, uh, your own skin and uh, know your voice and how you want to present it, that really helps. And the awareness of like, okay, these are what's going to get the belly laughs, you know, for me, maybe not for that guy, but for me, this works. I would say comedy has really helped me to, to be, uh, just feel better about myself as a, as a human being, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Right. And then, um, I like the way you said about the, the belly laughs versus the nervous laughs. Cause a lot of comics will just get those nervous laughs and they'll just write on those for as long as they can. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, and, and the people are still laughing though. You know, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like I said, they're forgiving. They're still laughing at that stuff. And they're still going to tell you, you did a good job. They're still going to walk away saying, I had a good time. Yeah, that's true. You're right about that. (laughs) But uh, the connection, you know, is, is important. So those people maybe aren't connecting with their audience, but they're still getting the laughs. So... Um, I'm the type of person I want to be able to connect with people and have them like, you know, come out to another show and want to hang out with me. Hell yeah. 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 That's right. So, so you just said, um, it's hard for you because you don't consider yourself to be a great comedian, which is fine. Uh, but you won not one, but two mama awards. Do you want to tell us about those? (laughs) Um, so the mama award stands for Modesto area music award. And they have a comedy portion, um, just like the Grammys. They have a little, you know, at the very bottom. But they, uh, it's for the all of 209. So it's best comedy for the 209 area. So, you know, all the cities. There's a lot, you know, from Merced to Galt to Sonora to Tracy. You know, it goes, 209 is pretty far. But, um I won the award for best comedy in 2018 and 2021 because, well, 2020 was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, yeah, nobody, nobody got that award in 2020. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's getting any they awards. They were just blank. Maybe, maybe yeah. Zoom awards. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, incredible. You guys would have won that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, though. Um, so, like, what what is it um, like? Because I I've seen pictures of you know you winning the award and stuff and it's this huge place and a ton of people there it's the state theater in modesto and they it's like the one time a year where it's like a little red carpet you know people dress nice put their best foot forward but to get nominated um not just other your peers but other venues other producers have to suggest your name so it's like oh, wow. um, comes from multiple areas and you know, whoever gets their, I guess, it's, it's, to me, it's a community thing. Yeah. If you're seen in the community, whether you're, it's mostly musicians, but they're out there, you know, and people are talking about them. So at the end of the day, it's a list of people that are getting uh, nominated because of, like I said, you're getting multiple places um, picking your name out. So I think wow. it's a nice honor that, you know, I've been able to, work in the community doing these different little side jobs and stuff to put me in those kind of positions because I am um, making connections with 
with different people, different audiences, and opening them up to comedy that may not normally know about it. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So when people say it's an honor to be nominated, I guess it's true. Mm-hmm. I I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think so. There's a lot of there's a lot of people that talk talk down on it, you know. But at the end of the day, the fact that you were able to make a connection with hundreds of people that want to vote for your name or that you register to them as somebody they want, you know, want to yeah. see win and stuff for what you love to do. I think it's pretty cool. I feel like people talk down, you know, there's going to be people talk down about everything. Like if we, you or I made it on the Tonight Show, people would probably talk down on it. But <laughs> that doesn't make it any less special. True story. Hell yeah. Uh, what about what about the pandemic? What was that like for you when the pandemic hit? I still worked. I was still, I didn't let anything stop me. Uh, I would have still produced, you know, the venues were open, but I was able to get on some live shows uh, and still get out there. And then I did go-go dancing on the side just because oh, I was wow. like, I need to make money. And <laughs> that was so but cool. it was that it was at a venue that I had done comedy at. Oh, wow. So they, they, you know, had met me that way. And then um, I was able to get some side work. So I was still, you know, raw dog and oxygen and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mind. <laughs> well, that's good. And you're still here, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. How did you, how did you get into uh, to producing shows? Uh, it was the Brainwash in San Francisco. Oh, wow. wow. I am a comedy staple, you know, for mm-hmm. us. And so Anthony Medina and Tony Sparks had mentioned uh, to me and um, Tony had hosted it. I had did two there, did the one in uh, Livermore. They had found me. Everybody asked, whenever it came to producing, everybody has always came to me and asked me if I wanted to do it. Oh, wow. that's interesting. That's that's awesome. The Brainwash, uh, our place, the Urban Farms in San Francisco. That's how I got started with the cannabis community because it was a veterans thing. And he saw me on Instagram and saw that I was my dad's a veteran and I'm in the cannabis. So like, nice. so people would message me uh, and ask me if I wanted to, you know, put stuff together. It's always the comedy stuff has always came to, like you said, the universe. It's always like, here, this is what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's kind of just like coming to you and falling into your lap. I did the, the brainwash a couple times. I did the cannabis one at Urban Farms. And then from there, I I did ask a lot of the cannabis people if I could produce shows for them. But I got started with somebody asking for my work. And then I did a open mic. I did the show I just did here in uh the one in Newman, the guy came to me for it. So I felt like whenever I wanted to produce, it's always, I've always been able to manifest it. <laughs> That's awesome. That is really awesome. What, uh, what have you done or are you doing in the cannabis industry? Um, they would call me freelance. Because <laughs> <laughs> technically I book, you know, shows and, and anybody who wants a comedy show, I provide that for them. I'm not, just, you know, I don't say no just because you want to do it in your backyard or, you know, just as long as it pays us, that's all I care about. But right now I'm not, I'm not like a vendor or involved with anybody in particular. 
um, but I have been sponsored in the past. And um, hey, if anybody wants to sponsor me now, <laughs> I will rep your shirts and all that good stuff. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Speaking of vendors, uh, you are now a vendor. You do your jewelry, you do crystals, you do Reiki, you do all kinds of stuff. How did you decide to make it something you wanted to do? Yeah, again, since I was a teenager, I like rocks. I like, you know, um, making jewelry. I've been making jewelry since I was a kid. And um, I sold it to my mom's friends at work (laughs) since I was young. And um, always wanted to do a pop-up. And I did one uh, at a church. And it did not go well. I sold one thing. So I was really happy about that. But I've always said I want to do, I want to do like a, you know, like a real table. I want to be like, like how you see at the wine and cheese festival and stuff. So it was always there in my head of something I wanted to do with my jewelry. And then sure enough, here I am. (laughs) I love it. It was because of the pandemic. The pandemic really made me think outside the box of what, how can I make money and what can I do that's going to keep me occupied and keep my mental health in check because we weren't able to do comedy for a long time. Yeah. So we're not regularly outside and be around the people and connect and do all the things that we enjoy doing. So I was like, well, what was something that I like doing that people used to, and I go, oh, my jewelry. People would ask me at shows, hey, you know, your bracelets, they kind of wanted to buy them or would ask me if I would make some for them. So I was like, you know what, maybe I should start doing that as like part of my merch. And um, the more I did it, the more people wanted to order it off of me. So I was able to invest and do my my small business that way. But um, yeah, the pandemic really opened me up for for it. I love I love your jewelry too. Uh, Sam actually commissioned you for a piece for me, and it's it's one of my favorite necklaces. It's got uh, a lot of different crystals like amethyst and citrine. But um, one of the things I really enjoy is the the pendant part of it, which is a, a tree, and it has the serenity prayer, which is one of my favorite uh, serenity like. That that prayer is so important to me because I do get overwhelmed with a lot of stuff in which uh, I have to remember what I can control and what I can't. So that that was just it was just a perfect, you know, little chef's kiss for that that whole piece for me. And I love it. Thank you. That gave me chills when you were talking about it, because that one that meant a lot uh, to Sam, I know. And it meant a lot to me too to to create something for you that you could that would really uh, give you um, that peace and that love that he has for you. So, oh, <laughs> I couldn't have said it better <laughs> myself. He was really he was really um, what do you call that? Um, I had his help with a lot of it. You know, yeah, I was input. really hands on with it. Yeah, I was like, do you like this? Do you like that? So you know, it came out it came out the way it did with Sam's help. So. That's pretty neat. Hell yeah. I can't, I can't say that about other people's stuff, you know. I just, oh, that's cool. I, well, thanks for including me in the process. <laughs> I appreciate it. Definitely more customized. Yeah. Uh, so, what is it that you're currently doing with your small business and how can people find it? I'm going to be doing a, a pop up in Modesto at the Art Walk on mm. August 
17th. It's a Thursday starting at, I want to say, 4 or 5 p.m. (laughs) Just come out in the evening, but it's going to be in uh, downtown Modesto. I forget the name of the venue, but it's across from Shea Roots. And um, it's like the streets of Modesto. You're going to see people walking around because they have art exhibits and different uh, vendors and things. So you can't miss it if you're in the area. But they're going to be doing that. And then I hope to do more pop-ups in the summer here. But anybody who is interested in my jewelry, Reiki, card readings, comedy shows, whatever, uh, they can add me on Instagram at the Spicy Latina. Ask me for an order that way because I don't, I don't have a website or a shop, but I do, I do all my business through Instagram or Messenger. That's cool. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, do you do modeling too? I do. Tell us about that. How you got into that? It's a fun hobby. Um, I actually asked a friend to do some headshots for me and um, because I needed to, you know, start my comedy portfolio. And that was six, seven years ago that he had uh, done those pictures. And uh, we ended up doing some side pictures, you know, just had a lot of fun with it. And through that, I met several photographers. Um, Again, they asked me if I wanted to work with them through Instagram, uh, they'd see a picture and be like, oh, yeah, you want to shoot sometime? So I've gotten a, uh, a lot of work. And uh, through that, I was able to get published in a few magazines. So, Wow, um, that's cool. What magazines were you in? One of them's called Godiva, Cat Club, Retro Lovely, and I forget the name of the other one. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that you were like, that successful in it that you were published and stuff that's really cool thank you yeah yeah. the um the photographers i work with have been there's you know one that i prefer a little bit more than others yeah the the two that got me published are i would say are my favorites because they're just (laughs) cool people all around you know Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome yeah and i think with the with the photos that's also helped with my confidence on and transfer on stage, you know, seeing yourself that way. And, and you can see the things maybe you need to work on or that you like about yourself. There's definitely um, between that and the comedy, my confidence has, has grown immensely since I started. <laughs> that's great. Thank you. I like that. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, Serena, what kind of stuff are you looking to manifest for, let's say, uh, going into 2024. Oh, wow. Um, well, I would say life goals or comedy goals. <laughs> I would say, go, I would say whatever, whatever's in your, whatever's out there in your, in your, in your vision. Well, I'll keep the life goals for my, for myself, but I would say for the comedy goals, I would definitely, um, I would like it to be where it's, a. Uh, paying better to where I can can live off of my my income more and um, not only that travel hey if I get passed at a comedy club that's cool too I ain't gonna scoff at opening for somebody you know but I definitely just I just love to travel so and getting to eat exotic foods that I wouldn't normally and meet new people yeah so for me eating's our favorite I, part of traveling too <laughs> I I really want to go back to Vegas and uh, 
do some more tours and stuff. So whenever the universe aligns me for it, I definitely want to get back out there and, and just and just run around and <laughs> have fun with people. Hell yeah. That's awesome. You're you're just you do all kinds of awesome stuff. You're everywhere. You're just you're out there, man. That's that's incredible. I love it. Thank you. You guys ever been to Vegas? Uh, I have, we have been to Vegas, but not for comedy. Yeah. Well, we if you to- do ever get a hair up your ass and want to go out there, I know it's a bit of a drive, but uh, I can refer you to some names because there's a lot of great people out there and they're really a great, wel- I, a very welcoming community, especially with out-of-towners and, and new people. So I really enjoy uh, the state of, of uh, Nevada because Reno and Las Vegas have mm-hmm. just been so, so welcoming. That's awesome. Yeah, we did. We did some open mics in Reno in 2019, yeah. um, but we had not not Vegas yet. But hopefully soon. Doesn't yeah, it? We'll manifest for ourselves. Maybe when yeah. we, do, we could do a road so, trip to- with you, Serena. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Awesome, Serena. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. You you said I your Instagram, but oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I said I appreciate you guys, and I do hope to see you Hell on yeah. some more, be on some shows with you soon. You know, because. Um, yeah. It's been a minute since we got to work together. It has been. It has been. It's been too long. Uh, you said your Instagram was the Spicy Latina. Do you want to plug any other social media? Or is it all the same? <laughs> yeah, it's all the same. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, in that case, you can find me at Funky Sam Medina across the board. And I'm at She Shines for you. All spelled out. No numbers. And everything else said hypothetical comedy. Awesome, Serena. Thank you so much. Thank you.